Welcome to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. We coach people every day on their money and how to plan for the future. As financial advisors, we're here to have an honest conversation on investing, retirement, and everything in between. At Full Swing Financial Planning, we're here to empower you to take control of your plan, your way, for your financial future. So let's talk money. And sports. Welcome back to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I am your host, Bailey Ashbrook, and on my right, I have number 22, all-star Bailey version, O'Brien. On my left, I have number 10, Bailey O'Brien, possibly number, middle school version. Number 10 on the court, number one in your hearts. Woo! And across from me, not camera, I have number 10, Bailey O'Brien, triple threat, three-on-three three version. <laughs> there you go. So, boys, why don't you tell the audience why you're wearing... Bailey O'Brien versions of yourself. Because <laughs> you're better at picking football <laughs> games than us. And there's like a reason at the NFL is the hardest sports to handicap in the world. You know, we all suck. So I'm a loser. I'm wearing the jersey, paying my dues. Number 10, Bailey O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? And, and uh, you know, I like that you brought us in high school. Jer- <laughs> Why do you still have these? Okay, first of all, I was like, what am I going to make them wear? Because the deal was, if you didn't hear, we did the Super Bowl picks. I won because I'm a winner and I always win. Just remember that. <laughs> and then, it's true. And then... I was Don't like, clean these things. Like two years ago, my mom's like, I have a Christmas present for you. And I was like, okay. And it was all my jerseys. There was like 10 of them. And she kept them all. They're from like middle school, high school, like three on three was high school. And I don't know. I just stuck them up in my storage. And today I was like getting ready. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I forgot we had to do this today. And so I was know, like, me too. I'll bring them something to wear. So you can remember that number 10. Bailey O'Brien, number 22, one, and you did not. This just shows how baggy people used to wear their jerseys, though. They don't actually, I mean, it's tight, but it's not like that tight. I know. Well, I was a little bigger back in the day. Well, you weren't this big. Well, and honestly, that is funny. Camera adds 10 pounds cold. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or whatever it is. (laughs) That is funny because now it is true. Remember how long your shorts were? Like, the longer, the better, the the baggier. And I look back, I'm like, I look so stupid. Like, you couldn't get bigger shorts if you tried. I saw a Facebook short the other day of uh, LeBron James in his high school dunk contest. Oh, my gosh. His his (laughs) shorts were so long. And you um, know how they, they like fall down half the time and they're pulling them up all the time. Yeah, I remember you remember always Al- had to have strings. Alan like Iverson strings had really big ones and he was so short. Mm-hmm. Now the shorter the better. They tuck them in. Yeah, yeah. they're back to the booty shorts. Times have changed. I know it's like, you know, 80s. Do you think they'll back. come back is the question. I'm sure it's all, you know, Probably. just like anything else. It's a cycle. Yeah, as soon just as someone like, like influential fashion, starts like fashion, Like way. fashion, I feel like. Uh, yeah, like the baggy jeans. Yeah, they're kind of, you know, or whatever yeah. those are called. Anyways, thank you for supporting my win and wearing my jerseys. I'm sure they smell Congratulations. Great. Support, Congratulations. Supporting might not be the right word, but we're doing what you tell us to do. They yeah. surprisingly don't smell that bad. No, I know. Shocker being that old. They're yeah. old and a lot of sweat, blood, and tears. Yeah. So, well, let's let's get on to uh, sports. sports a little bit, and then we'll get to our, our uh, podcast. Yeah. Kate and Clark broke the record. Broke the scoring record on a fadeaway three from the logo, which was awesome. It was really cool. They put, I don't know if you saw it, a 22 logo on their court. They got it approved and it'll be there for the rest of the season of where she hit it. Oh, that's, that's sweet. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I didn't see that. Yeah, that's cool. cool. So Yeah, I saw that. And their teammates were trying to hit the shot from the spot and they could like, were heaving it as she's like actually just normally shooting it. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I was actually driving back from a, a basketball tournament with my son, but and we were listening to it on the radio, but as loud as it was on the radio and as loud as it was on TV, 
Can you imagine being in the stadium? How loud! My sister been. was there, and she said it was incredible. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it yeah. must have been. But uh, and she got like twenty-two points in the first quarter. She didn't just break the record. She oh, came no. out and hit eight, like boom, boom, boom. Did she not break the Iowa single-game record that game too? Yeah, yes, yeah, she did. yeah. She had forty-nine, I think, something like that. But don't quote me. But yes, it they, was incredible. Uh, they have a big game this Sunday. They Ohio play Ohio State. State. College they got to win to get uh, to secure one of the double buys in the Big Ten tournament. Yep, yep. It will be intense. I think a little home home court advantage will help senior night. I wonder if she'll announce when she will announce if she's leaving or going. She a lot, won't what do a that lot of college. Yeah. No, but a lot a lot of college like UConn's girls they had senior night. You don't know her probably. Paige Buchers is coming back, which is huge, and she announced it, and we we're all like, oh wow, so it'll be interesting. She was mock draft. I saw to be Number, second behind yeah. Caitlin. Yeah, she's been injured like most of her career, but she's very. They're very similar players, so yeah. Yeah, she's she's very good, but uh, Iowa sixth in the AP poll, uh, so they're they're trending a little bit down. They've been in the top five for a long time, but. Uh, I still think they'll get a number one seed in the big in the big dance. And Audie Crooks just broke a record: most points freshman year. I believe so. Yeah, she got player of the Iowa State. Yeah, she got player of the week and Big Twelve yeah. uh, freshman of the week, which has only happened one other time, and it was her. Yeah, she's, she's trending, trending, uh, trending up pretty heavily. Uh, I'm impressed. I, I and a lot. It's just not me. A lot of people didn't know how she'd translate over to college basketball, and she's. You can tell she's worked hard and. Got up to the point where she can play significant minutes. Who would have thought how much time we've spent on women's <laughs> college basketball? Shout out to women's college basketball. Yeah, really trending. And that's why I love you're wearing these yeah. jerseys. Little Bailey version Bailey, if she could see where women's basketball is at now. Because it was not cool to be a basketball player back then. Now it's cool. It's trending up like the NASDAQ, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> I that plug. Okay, well, let's get into it. We've talked enough sports. And if you don't watch us on YouTube, it's worth checking it out today because the guys look great. Fabulous. There will also be pictures all over social media, I'm sure. Yes. But, you know, don't be afraid to check out our YouTube page. Okay. So customizing your retirement plan. We did part one. And let's just refresh the viewers. If you did not listen, it's two episodes back. I highly recommend going to listen to that one before you enter this one because it is a series. So we assessed. We met with our client. They came in. We assessed their current financial situation. And then we went over their goals. So then we went back to our drawing boards. And when I say we, the boys, they went back, took all the information they gathered and they really got to know the client and now we're going to start understanding investment options. So one thing we really talk about with clients when we're getting into the strategy of their plan is their risk tolerance. So Cole P, why don't you go into some stuff we ask about risk tolerance, what is risk tolerance and what clients would be prepared to answer? Yeah, so what what we're going to do is we're going to look at what you're currently doing. So that, that's the big thing is and that's why we ask you to bring in your 401k statement and your IRA statements and everything that had that you know places that you have money and where are you investing that money. So we're going to look through that and we may, you know, in that first meeting, we, we may look briefly through it, but but we also want to look more in depth at it when we get back to our desk and, and have a little bit more time. But we're going to look through it and see where you're at as far as where we think your risk tolerance is at. And then we ask you what your risk tolerance is. So then we compare that. So I've had clients that, yeah, I'm more like a medium risk. And then you see they're all 100% stock. I mean, so you go, okay, well, you're aggressive in your 401k. Um, your IRA is, you know, maybe moderate, but, uh, you know, those two combined, you're more moderate aggressive. So you're probably on a scale of one to 10, you're like a seven or an eight. And they're like, well, no, I want to be more like a five. Okay. Well, we need to make adjustments. I think a great, um, you know, assessment or uh, exercise to do when you're talking about risk tolerance with a client or something I like to do is after we, we have a gauge of where your, your portfolio currently is at, 
we have a pretty good idea of, hey, what's your downside probably exposure in that portfolio? Once we put everything in, took all the facts, put it into our system and how we analyze and to go back to the client and put it into terms of dollars. Like, hey, if the market goes down, say on the worst site, say you have a million dollar portfolio and we have your 100% equity. So you probably have 30 to 35% downside exposure if things, everything worked against you and say, hey, that's $350,000. You know, can you handle that? Can you sleep at night if that's, you know, and if it, the answer is like, no, I'm going to lose my mind, you need to make an adjustment probably. And, and I, I was just going to say that risk tolerance too is what you can stomach yourself. Like yeah. it is a personal thing. Some people are totally okay with the waves. Some people are like more steady, don't want to take the risk. Obviously, the more risk you take, the more potential for growth, the more volatility and the more potential for growth. But I was just going to say that too. I can't, I've been in so many meetings where people will say they're one thing but they're really something else. Like I'm a, I'm not aggressive, but all their portfolios aggressive or vice versa. But also like talk about age and importance of like when you get closer to retirement and just kind of staying on a strategy that works with that tolerance as you get near retirement age. Yeah. So a, as you get closer to retirement, obviously we're going to recommend that you, you know, dial that risk back because you don't have as much time to handle the swings as other people. But I mean, I've had also people that are, Hey, I, I you know, I'm aggressive in the, in the, in their, in their 401k, it is aggressive but they're 62 and they're retiring next year. And I, we talk you through that, like, okay, you know, it's done, it's done you well, we're at a high point in the market. Like right now would be a great time if you've been aggressive for a long time to maybe dial that risk back. So we're going to talk about where we're at in the cycle in the market. Unlike two years ago, I had someone that, that was very aggressive and I was like, okay, well, we're just going to leave everything right now because we're down 25%. So we might as well just leave everything and, and wait for it to come back and get a, a better point in the market. So, Cole J, tell people why risk tolerance is important when taking an asset allocation or selecting certain investment vehicles that align with your risk tolerance. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of the next part of where we go with that. Yeah. So, I mean, it really comes down to, you know, one thing we talk about a lot is reliance, you know, reliance rate on, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but, you know, how, how reliant are you on your investments or your retirement funds to produce you know, your lifestyle or produce your income that you need to maintain your lifestyle. And the more reliant you are on that income, the more important the asset allocation details are. The less reliant you are, honestly, it's it's not as big. I mean, I hate to- Because you, 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 you don't care. Yeah. I have a guy, he's older in Arizona and he has some of his portfolio with us. And he's like, he's older and you would think, oh, he wouldn't be risky. He's like, yeah, just put it in whatever. I got plenty. Like, I don't need it. Like, so it is situational. If too. you're someone that has a, a million dollar IRA and you, you, you know, you have a pension that produces $8,000 a month and social security, another three, you're like, well, I start with 11,000 every month and I only spend eight, you know, that a million dollar IRA, you have a zero reliance rate on that money right now. So if you need to, you know, if you're not taking any money out or you don't, you know, it's, it's okay. The volatility can be there because you, you know, you don't need to touch it unless you want to. So that, that's a, it really comes back to the goals discussion, right? Of mm -hmm. defining, you know, your, your income strategies or how much that you want to have. And then that, that should dictate or set some of that, you know, asset allocation mixed with your comfort level with things, right? Some people are more sophisticated, so can handle, more complex strategies or different things. And then, you know, it also is important to the tax management side because that can have an impact on your asset allocation as well. So Cole, you talked about how being reliant on that money, but go more into the asset allocations itself. Like explain that to our, maybe our listeners who don't understand that. Yeah. So, you know, really two main asset classes I'm going to start with that, that are your most traditional stocks and bonds. 
you know, and I know people are familiar with mutual funds, ETFs, which are uh, basically a mix of those. But let's talk about stocks and bonds. And then probably the third most important or the one that we see most commonly would be real estate. Those would be the three common real estate classes or common asset classes and real estate being, you know, generally someone's house is primarily not saying you're a real estate investor, but you know, the more, and we're talking about reliance rate, right. And the, the more aggressive your portfolio generally is going to be the more stocks you have. So there's, there's multiple ways, uh, you know, to, to have stock ownership being within mutual funds or ETFs. But generally if you own individual stocks, that's probably the most aggressive you're going to be, um, is owning, you know, say you have a million, that million dollar portfolio, you own all individual stocks, that's going to be a pretty aggressive portfolio because if the overall equity market's down, you know, um, you're going to see as much Swings. losses probably. Yeah. And, and there are risks within there of you could be small cap. You know, we talk about different small cap, mid cap stocks. And in general terms, the larger the company, generally they're a little more safer, at, you know, and that's, that's kind of an oxy oxymoron there, but it, it's, it's one of those things as you go down in the company size, Generally, they're less predictable, more volatile, the more downside protection or the more downside risk you have in that portfolio. And that's why in your 401k, you don't just see all large caps or all mid caps or all small caps, or at least you shouldn't. Uh, Hopefully inside of your 401k, you see large cap mutual funds, small cap mutual funds, mid cap mutual, international mutual funds. And and all those have different types of stocks. But as you, like Cole said, as, uh, as you go from that top, uh, large cap down to international, I would consider the most risky. Yep. Um, just because there's there's less there's less regulation internationally than there is in the United States. So, um, but that's the risk level. So, uh, you know, all your portfolios in small cap and mid cap stocks compared to someone that has all in large cap stocks, your portfolio is going to be even riskier than theirs, even though both of you have all stock. It, and it is important Good for point. everyone to know it, it's as long we're not saying one way is right or wrong, right? There's general terms in our industry of, of where we think you should be. But ultimately, you know, if you know what you own and you know the risk return exposure, I mean, that's that's really what matters. We're just tailoring this back to building a, a true retirement plan and, and the steps we're going to really take and, and advise you to go into. Not saying that's always right. And another asset class that you didn't discuss was annuities. So now annuities have can also have stocks and bonds underneath them. So you did discuss it, but at the same time that there's different ways to pull triggers on annuities where you can set them up to be like a no loss situation or there's buffers. And that is something that we do implement into people's strategies because there's certain things you can do in an annuity that you can't do in like a, just a stock and bond brokerage portfolio. So an annuity, we can set it up where, okay, my, my bottom line is zero. I can't lose. Um, but I can use the stock market to possibly gain, you know, up to 10, 15%, something like that. So there's going to be caps and buffers, but that that's an asset class that we use a lot that, that also uses stocks and bonds. And again, I mean, I know I keep kind of a broken record here, but that's, that's, it's part of the conversation of the goal building of understanding, Hey, where do we need to be? Cause not everyone's going to fit in one, one shell or one silo. It's, it's, we've got to, you know, take, you know, the assets you have and here are the investment options available based on risk tolerance yeah, just, goals. You know, what's the best mix that we need to have or come up with. And what are you, you comfortable yes. with? Cause it's your plan and we're going to educate you on the different options and what, what different assets will do what for you and, all that stuff. But again, it's based on your risk tolerance, your wants, your needs, how much money you have in your plan itself. 
tax implications go into different type of accounts, Cole, that we go through at this point with meeting with a client. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to look at your accounts and see what your tax implication is not going to be necessarily right now, but what's it going to be in 10 years, 20 years, RMD age, 73, 75, whatever that happens to be for you. So we're going to look a lot about, okay, how are we investing now? What are our tax implications in the future if we continue to, to invest that way? Or do we need to make some, some shift around? So for example, you know, we can have a client that is doing all pre-tax contributions to their 401k. They've done a great job saving. Uh, they've, they've accumulated, you know, a, a large amount in their 401k. If they continue to do that, they're going to be all in pre-tax money and at age 73 have to take a large required minimum distribution, which if they have these other taxable uh, income, they may end up owing a lot of taxes. So we're going to look at maybe with that person, we're going to shift you. Okay. You've done the pre-tax contributions. Obviously we can't do about that. You know, anything about that, except we can do some Roth conversions, but that's uh, another subject for another day. But now we can switch, you know, if your company has that ability to do Roth contributions, we can change you to Roth contributions now, and at least we'll get that bucket built up that has that after tax money that you don't have to pay taxes on. Cole J, another thing, Cole just talked about tax implications, but another thing we talk a lot about with clients is qualified and non-qualified accounts. And maybe just do a brief understanding because we get this a lot with clients. What's the difference? And then what are the tax implications? Yeah, so it is important um, to understand the difference of when you are you know, taking an income or distributing assets out to you of, of understanding how the taxation works between a qualified account, which we would consider a 401k, IRA, Roth IRA, right? It has some type of retirement implication from a tax. That's that's when we say qualified, that's what it means. From a non-qualified account, that would be like your your bank account, you know, at the bank, your checking account, your brokerage account. Main reason being is let's speak at pre-tax traditional IRAs or pre-tax 401k. Anything that comes out of there is taxed as ordinary income. So you, you got to understand, hey, I take $50,000 out of my traditional IRA or my 401k that's all pre-tax. I'm going to have to add that onto my income. So if I've got a pension um, or maybe I'm employed you know, part-time, I've got to add that on. And that is going to be taxed in proportion to where I'm at in the income tax brackets. Versus a non-qualified account, there's it gets a little muddy here because there's really two ways that you can get taxed or a couple different ways you can get taxed in a non-qualified account. If you have short-term gains, so what what I mean by short-term is say you buy a stock today, you sell it two weeks from now, and then you you liquidate, you didn't hold it for more than a year, that's taxed as ordinary income, just like the example one. On the on the other side of that, say you buy Apple today at you know $100 and 20 years from now, you sell it for a million bucks, that's going to be a capital gain. You've held it at uh, over 12 months and capital gains rates are, are generally lower than um, than individual income tax rates, just depending on your situation, the state you live in there. But that is different. They're taxed completely different. So when you're, say, all your money's in IRAs, you kind of know, hey, it's all going to be taxed ordinary income the same way. So if you have you know all that money that way, you can just kind of plan every dime I take out of there. I'm probably going to uh, pay state and federal taxes depending on what state. Now Iowa, you don't pay any, you know, state state income tax on on that distribution, but in other states you would. Versus the non-qualified account, you know, it could be a combination of them or where it comes really for uh, I would say more important is when someone really wants a big chunk of money, mm-hmm. right? A and that's where it's like hey, where am I going to pull this money from? And it could be a combination of the two. So that's really it, it comes back to the plan of understanding, hey, what type of assets do I have? How long have I held them? 
and then, uh, you know, being efficient on the way out. And I'm just going to tie this back. This is why it's so great to have a customized plan. The sooner, the better, even if it, you're older and closer to retirement, I'm not saying it's too late because now you've created a different type. We talk about a lot of this bucket approaches. You got your Roth, you know, your pre-tax or your non-qualified. And now you got so many buckets you can pull out and work with. But another tax implication thing we talk about is legacy planning. Cole, I, I've been in a lot of meetings with you. We talk about giving monies to other what, once we're gone in that tax implication. So go into some things you go with that in the plan. Yeah. So that's one of the goals that we're going to ask you is, is, are you, are you looking to spend down your money? Are you looking to have people inherit the money? What are, you know, what are your goals with this money? And, and, it, and if we have someone that, you know, has a million dollars saved up in that IRA, like, like Cole was talking about, and they get IPERS and they get uh, a social security and they're not spending it at all, uh, then we may come up with a strategy for you to get that money to the next generation more tax efficiently. Uh, because it, as most people know, the IRS changed the rule that uh, if if you inherit an IRA and, it, and it's passed down a generation, so it's not spouse to spouse, that this, is, this rule doesn't apply. But when it's passed down to your kids, they have to take all that money out within 10 years. Uh, so if you have a million dollars in a 401k or IRA and it's all taxable, not yes great thank you mom and dad that i inherited a million dollars but now i have to add a million dollars worth of income sometime within that next 10 years uh there's a minimum amount they have to take out we won't go into that but but sometime in that next 10 years they got to add a million dollars to their ad their income um so what we may do is develop a strategy where maybe we spend down let's say half of that and have the parents pay the taxes on that so it doesn't affect the child as much and maybe turn that into a premium for a life insurance policy or put it into something that they get tax free. Uh, so that, that is an, is an option for people that we try to do is passing down money. Or it could be going to a, you know, even taking some out, paying a little bit of the tax each year while, while the individual is still alive and into a non-qualified account mm -hmm. where your children or whoever inherits that, if it's like. directly in the family line, uh, they get a step up in cost basis and there's no, mm -hmm. you know, no tax implication on that. This podcast is produced by Spin Market and Digital. Located in Fort Dodge, Iowa, Spin Market's highly skilled team can help you increase your market by updating your website, improving SEO, designing advertisements, and producing podcasts that will grab the attention of your market. Contact Spin Market today for all your digital marketing needs at digitalagent at spinmarketwith2ks.com or call us at 515-302-8026. And to learn more, visit our website at www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. That's digitalagent at spinmarket.com or 515-302-8026. Or visit our website, www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. Let's do a little dollars and cents. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, Cole J, you're going to be the dollars today, so I'm going to let you go first. And Cole P, I'm going to challenge you. You're going to be the cents today. We're going to hear from both of you. Okay. This little is dollars on my left, little cents on my right. We don't share that well. Today you are, because I won and <laughs> you're wearing just... my jerseys. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're both... Uh, we're both you're uh, all oh, Bailey's we're, today. We're all Brian's today. All right, hit me. If 23 people are in the same room, there's a 50% chance that two people have the same birthday. How, How crazy is that? How? I don't know. I don't know. And I'd like to, I'm going to fact, I was 
We didn't have check. anything. We didn't have anything for dollars and cents today. And I was kind of, you know, I wasn't, I just Googled random facts, number facts. And that was the first one. Because you're the numbers guy. The first one on there. I'm like, that is fascinating. And I want to know, I'm going to dig into this a little deeper. So it might be like, there might be a correction episode what, where that was not right. So. What's your 11, well, 11, you think 10, about our, 10. Think about our office. Yeah. And think about our spouses. Me and Chelsea share a birthday. Oh, oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. Dang. I didn't even think about that. That is crazy. So, <laughs> you know who I Mind blown. I, so if you add. I share if you, a birthday with someone. You if know. you add the employees in your office and your wives, how many people is that? Not roughly? over 23. No. no. Yeah. No. Four, 20, 16, yeah. 18. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's just a small example. Also, but that's true. That's crazy. You know what else is crazy? Caleb only turned 22 yesterday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Caleb. Birthday shout Happy out. Happy birthday, Caleb. Thank you. 22. Yeah. Hey, 22. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you should have wore the 22. Yeah, no yeah. yeah. All right. I could have. I got my little dollars fun fact, but now I need some sense, dude. Yeah, so we were just discussing this before the podcast, and, and I was looking at five-year returns, and the NASDAQ since five years ago is up over 100%. 20% a year. So 20% a year. Obviously, that's pretty a pretty good, good return. If you just had the NASDAQ index whatever fund uh you could you, you'd be up 100 percent since five years ago the s p 500 is up about 78 percent so also very good um more of an average of you know 17 16 percent per year but uh both you know the st- stock market people have talked about how the last five years yes they've been rocky we've had covid we've had a lot of different things that have have gone kind of crazy but Time with time in the market. We've always talked about this yep, time nice. in the market compared to timing the market. You don't want to get in the, the game of trying to time the market. Invest appropriately for your age and in into uh, you know the market into the investments. Allocation. Yeah, just if you invest consistently, you will succeed almost a hundred percent of the time. We don't guarantee anything on this podcast, but at the same time, you know I do guarantee the, one thing. That I'm the best basketball player in this room. No, I'm just kidding. Well said, but, Bailey 22. Yes, thank you. But well I agree. Said. And I love this analogy. Well, ask Cole P who beat him. Um, <laughs> I love this analogy because I think people are visual. Would you jump off a roller coaster in the middle of the ride? No. Nope. Uh, is there a trampoline underneath? No, you wouldn't. You would ride it out, right. hit the finish line. And that's kind of like how you feel with the market. Like there's always going to be mm-hmm. craziness going I, on. We want to put people on a slower roller yes. coaster and a less, less it's rides. like the baby you, roller coaster yeah, when you're a kid. Yeah, and then yeah. you get to the grown up one, the flips. Exactly. And then, you, then you're too old, your neck kinks. So you got to go. <laughs> I once, uh, I once <laughs> lost a wallet. Uh, riding a roller coaster one time and they had to mail it back to me. They wouldn't let you go in the area. Oh, yeah, I that could makes see sense. it and they mailed it back to me like two weeks later. And I was like 16, maybe. I'm actually deathly afraid of heights, but I do do roller coasters. So anyways, as long you as get I'm it. strapped in, I'm fine. <laughs> I've gotten more of a chicken as I become yes, older. I used same. to be, I used to love all the rides and now I'm yes. like, I don't, I don't, I'll just stay on the sideline. <laughs> that will continue. I yeah. think that comes back to, I got to live. Like I, I have kids, I have stuff to do. A lot I of have, people relying on yes. me. <laughs> I have fun right. on roller coasters, but I get so sick. So I do like one and then I'm done for the day. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, it's, I'm so sick after that. But, but that's a good to know, you know, like just stay, it's going to work. The market's going to work for you. It's history. It's statistical. I bet if you went up to most people on the street, you'd be like, okay, uh, how much has the NASDAQ returned over the last five years? They might say 20, 25, 30%, yeah. something like that. A hundred percent. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. 20% per year. Now that won't happen every five years, but we've seen be a nice. growth period. <laughs> 
Right. We've seen a, a heavy growth period over the last five years, which has been awesome. If you went up to 10 people on the street, how many people do you think wouldn't know what the NASDAQ index is? Yeah, that's true. Well, what is it? We should do a, we should do a, uh, a live uh, street podcast. Oh my gosh, like, that randomly. Would be like, cool. yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah. Basic 101 finance. The, yeah. All right. Well, I like it. Okay. Let's get back to it. We got a little tangent there, but I liked it. All right. So we've gone over risk tolerance. So we've gone over asset allocation. We've explained some tax implications. We've really gotten to know you, who you are, what you want to do, what your goals are, and all that stuff. And now comes the fun part, I think, implementing the strategy. So Cole P, maybe go into the first steps of taking that strategy and some things you tell clients to do or guide them to or coach them to, I should say. Yeah, so after... After we've gone through all this stuff, maybe maybe this is meeting two, and then we're, we we maybe have some questions, more questions for you in meeting two based on what we've looked at in your stuff. We maybe in meeting three, we're like, okay, this is what we actually think you should do. We should we should make these adjustments. We should you know maybe move part of your money to an income annuity to set you up for income when you retire, or we should move part of your money. Uh, do a Roth conversion, or we should start doing Roth contributions to your for whatever the strategy is to make your retirement more successful. And maybe there are no changes. You you may have set things up appropriately. I think it's important. Is a lot of times we this it's hard to we're visual. We do a lot of visual presentations mm-hmm. for for these meetings and. Um, you know, the systems we use, they do have some probability success meters and gauges. And that that's where we, you know, for us as professionals, we're like, okay, how successful based on a lot of different factors is this plan just as it sits? And then that shifts to, okay, here's two or three, you know, things that we can change right now that can have, you know, that can move the success meter or the success rate of the plan based on your objectives in there. And I think, yeah, and that's where we're getting into that. Where is this? Maybe, maybe we are doing. We need to save more in the Roth right now because the taxation is going to be different at that point. So, Cole, I'm curious. I'm just going to ask you this. So, so talk about some of the tougher when you come back, like some of the tougher conversations we have to have, right? Because there's a lot of times you we put all the stuff in and and we kind of know when we're having conversations with people, right? Like, uh, you're wanting probably more than what you know, you're showing us on paper at this point, that's going to be realistic, but talk about some of those, maybe the tougher conversations where you have to come back to the table and be like, Hey, we probably need to rework this or you need to, you know, retire a little later, save a little more, work a little longer. So a lot of times Cole, we'll go back to the drawing table and we do have to have that conversation. There's someone that's 58 and has hundred thousand dollars saved up and wants to retire at 62. And, and we've got to be realistic with them and be, and say, you know, if you want to have any sort of, uh, you know, living the way you're living right now, we've got to work longer. There's, there's no way that you can retire on that. that I don't want to work any longer. Cole. <laughs> I don't want to work any longer. So, so make me more, make me more money. Yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> I've done my dues. <laughs> so yeah, we do have to have that conversation. It's not, it's not, uh, usually the people know. Yeah. Uh, I think most people are realistic that if they come in asking for the, you know, asking for the moon that we can't give them that. Um, but it is a conversation that we have to t- tell people. Sometimes they have enough and we're just like, you know, if you work just one more year, you know, instead of 64, you go to 65. We don't have to worry about uh, getting on the Cobra or anything like that. If you can just make it to 65, you know, then we'll get on Medicare and then we can retire more comfortably. So we have that conversation with people pretty frequently, but a really fun conversation to have with people is when they say, yeah, I'm, I'm fine to work till 67 or 70 or something like that. And you go, well, 
actually, you could retire at 65 very comfortably if you would like. Um, that is a fun conversation mm-hmm. to have with people when they've done they've done the due diligence, they've done the saving, and you're telling them, you know, it it actually can happen earlier than you're thinking, and and that's a that's a fun conversation. I was gonna say I've been in a conversation where like it's been a spousal thing where the husband's already retired and like the wife's waiting to retire many times, and you're like, you could actually retire yeah. with him, and then she's probably like, oh, never mind, I'll keep working. <laughs> no, it's generally I, I find that it's when there's more of a they plan a little more separately is when that happens where they maybe they have separate bank accounts and which mm-hmm. is fine. There's a, we're not advocates to say everyone needs to share everything, but uh, you, I find that in my experience that it's, it's generally when they're on two different wavelengths Plan with money. Separately yeah, yeah. And then or, come or, or one just like, ah, I just like to work. You know, I, I don't want to be retired, considered retired. And, and that's sometimes that's a goal for someone is like, Hey, I'm going to work in my retirement. I'm going to work part time, but I'm going to work. And that's, that's, that's okay. And this is why also circling back, why I think implementing the strategies we talked about the sooner the better, because then you don't have to have those tough conversations. Like, cause there are some people that really want to retire, let's say 65, but you really need to be like, Hey, you need to work to 68 or you're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to live off what you have right now. So the sooner you work with someone with like you guys, and we make these little tweaks or have different buckets of money to pull from or different tax implication strategies, the better, again, the outcome's going to be. And I've said this all the time. If you plan for nothing, you will hit nothing. If you make a plan, at least you're continually looking at with these guys, you're going to have some good strategies into place to help you be successful. It's a lot easier to make adjustments while you're still working and still have an earned income coming in than it is at 68 when you've been retired for four years. It's way harder to make adjustments then because you just don't have the income potential that you do when you, when you, when you're still working. So it's a lot easier to, to get with somebody, you know, 55, 58, whatever age it might be and, and make the plan and make the adjustments needed at that point. Definitely. And I, I can't, I mean, I've so many times we've been in meetings too, and someone, if they would have just adjusted their 401k, like they didn't realize they were being so conservative for so long, let's say 20 years went by and they're like, Oh, I was only getting 4% return. I had no idea. I never looked at like little things like that make a big difference. I think uh, another example is someone kicking on. So we've talked about this yes. kicking on social security just to kick it on. They really didn't need it. They had either plenty, they were still working or whatever it might be. And then they also have longevity. Like that's, that's an issue always. I think that we're always, uh, and that's something we really didn't hit on, but I ask that to every ret- potential retiree of, Hey, how, how old did your folks live to? Cause I think that is an important thing it, because we, we plan most people. I, I, I plan most people to 90, like, Hey, I want to see assets in, in their financial plan, retirement plan at age 90. Like both of them, if I can get in there, I, if we've got some, we're probably in a pretty good spot, but if they tell me, Hey, mom lived to one Oh one and dad was like 94, I'm probably moving that up to 95 or something. And, and that can have a huge implication when you start calculating inflation over a 30, 35 year retirement period. So it's, it's really important to understand that and have that conversation. I agree. And just probably understand that longevity, like health, the health world where we've gone so far is insane. Like, I think most people are like, Oh, my dad passed away at 65. So I'm passing away at 65. I'm like, uh, you know, medical worlds. I mean, I'm not saying it's not relatable, but there's so many factors into that. And again, planning early. And, and we're going to talk about this on, on the, the final part uh, of this is some of those, you know, those road bumps or speed, you know, things that can really deviate the plan. But, um, you know, along with longevity is, is a long-term care event, you know, if both same thing asking, Hey, did your parents spend any time? And they're like, yeah, dad was in nursing home for four years. Like that's a huge red flag. Not, a, I mean, don't want to look at the red concern. flag, but we need to have, you know, a contingency for, Hey, if that does happen, 
how bad does that Im- impact your plan? And you really don't know that unless you're having the conversation. For sure. I feel like we've covered a lot because now I, let's say I have my client. I know their financial situation. I know their goals. Now we've talked about their risk tolerance. I've explained some different asset allocations we can do. And now we're implementing the strategy where we're thinking about tax taxes. We're thinking about all these things. And I'll say this, when you first meet with someone like a financial advisor, there are a lot of meetings and questions at first. Sometimes you almost feel like you're being interrogated, but again, you just remember we're on your team and we're here for you to help you. And we're really just trying to make your plan as successful as we can for your success later out down the road. Yeah, for sure. We, there are some times where we, uh, we meet with people and then two years later we found out that they have other accounts or different, many times, different life insurance. And and we're like, okay, well that, that would have been, that would have been good to know two years ago, but I understand like there's a trust Mm -hmm. that we have to earn from people sometimes. But, uh, if we have the, uh, I tell people this a lot is the more information I have, the more that you bring me, the more dangerous I can be in making you a great retirement plan. Completely agree. Uh, The less I know, the the more holes I'm going to have in your plan because I just don't know. So that's the, that's the difference. And listening to this, there's so much that goes into it. I mean, you guys know this, we're just covering like the basics. Like there's so much that goes into a plan. All right, real quick though. I do want to add, we're going to have our full swing financial planning open house, April 4th. 3.30 to 5.30. So for our clients. Local listeners. Public as well. Public. I was getting there, yeah. guys. You're welcome. We're really excited. Just have a tour of our building. We're going to give some desserts out, but we're really excited just to show off the new location. The The Greater Fort Dodge Growth Alliance is joining us to do the ribbon cutting at 4 p.m. And, and we're just really excited about this because, you know, we finally transitioned and we're excited to kind of settle down and show off the, the team. Yeah. Show off the team, right? For sure. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And don't forget to like and follow us. You can find us on YouTube where you can check out the guys in these awesome jerseys or Facebook and find us on all podcast platforms. Number 10. Let's go. Winning isn't everything, but wanting it is. Arnold Palmer. Go Cubs. You've been listening to How to Money with Cole and Cole, the podcast of Full Swing Financial Planning. To learn more, visit their website at www.fullswingfinancial.com and follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn. For now, I'm Cole. I'm Bailey. And I'm Cole. And we'll see you on the greens. Four. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.